Kia ora to listeners tuning in to this Nga Pātaka Kōrero Tāmaki Makaurau Auckland Library's Heritage Podcast, Pam Muir Stories. What you're about to hear is a selection of clips drawn from an oral history project recorded close to 40 years ago in the early 1980s. Commissioned by what was known then as the Mount Wellington Public Library, the project captured locals' recollections of life, work and play from the early 1900s across the changing landscapes of the decades that followed. They offer us a unique and personal insight into Pamir of the past. We hear from Mr Keith Simpson as he talks about the types of footpaths and roads in Pamir. Uh, on the North Highway when I first came in. No definite footpath as such, but there was a, a shingle with a track on one side. I remember asking as recently as Arthur Young, who you might have heard of many yeah. times, I asked him one day when they intended putting footpaths down this side of the road. I was thinking of my own children going to school, and he said, well, our aim first is to have a footpath at least on one side of every road before we have a footpath on each side. One road. But he said, naturally, you're interested in having children going to school, and so they shouldn't be on your side of the kingdom. Quite a few years, yes. And it was, it was quite a few years before they put it down there. Waipuna Road, I remember borrowing a rotary hoe from a chap called Snow Jennings, who was, for the first year, a partner of Matthew Woods. And uh, I couldn't afford to get it on the truck and do it here, so I put road bands on it and just drove it all the way here. And uh, it took me about an hour, I suppose, to get down to the place. And there was uh, long grass on the road verge, no footpath, but I just kept to the left on the shingly part of the carriageway. And that would have been 1928, 1928. Yeah. If all the small roads around this area, it would have been dirt roads. Yes, Barrick Road was, uh, was just a metal road, as they call it. Also, the highway, of course, just had the concrete and then uh, it was rough on the side. I felt sorry for cyclists having to go down there because uh, it was quite noticeable that the number of freezing workers who lived, say, in Panmure or were in the first of the state houses, and people used to go on bicycles to and from work, quite a lot then. And you'd see them, in, uh, I don't know whether it was because they couldn't afford it or just enjoyed using a sugar sack, but they would tie it bit of string around the neck of the sugar sack that had all their goods in it, whether it's a spare shirt, shoes, and lunch, or whatever, throw it yeah. over their shoulder and tie the bit of string crosswise, rather like anyone who'd been in the army called it a bandolier, across the shoulder and tie it to the base, and that would be something to have on their back while they rode their bike mm. to and from work. Uh, they used to go along this, uh, the side of the road. But in those days, you could hear a car coming more than you do now, but certainly there was much traffic on there. Concrete, they would keep to the shingle. I think it was a slightly tarred shoulder, so it uh, softened off from the concrete to the small tarred shoulder to the rough part of the road. And uh, there was curbing and channeling there. Right. We actually had the stone from the There's a story that the Pamir Road Board, which is a separate thing in those days, the Pamir Road Board, but Herb Allen could tell you more about this than I, because member of the road board, that in the Depression they were a bit hard up, and I think they sold their curb stones. Somebody, somebody told me that, yeah. yes. Uh, I don't think they were pulling my leg. 
I know they weren't very well off the time you arrived, but they didn't have very much um, income. Oh, wonder they didn't levy people more. But maybe they just couldn't get paid. Original interviews were recorded by Richard Baker, commissioned by the then Mount Wellington Public Library in 1982. The selection has been curated by Renee Orr and Zoe Colling from Auckland Library's Heritage Engagement Team with sound production from Sue Berman. The full project of original interviews can be found through Kura Heritage Collections online. Tune into other Auckland Library's podcasts via the website. Thanks for listening, Enokura.